Well, I encourage you to come on Wednesday night. Um, Josh Moody's great. Uh, he's a great teacher, and there'll be some time for a discussion. If you have questions or you've been reading through Ecclesiastes, it's a good uh, place to bring your questions uh, to the discussion on Wednesday night. So I hope you will, you will check it out and come on Wednesday night. It'll be a fun time. And he's British, too. So when someone's British, I always say their IQ goes up by 20 points just by the accent. Um, so, um, yeah, that'd be good. You know, when I was uh, 9 or 10, uh, uh, I, wanted, I wanted to smoke. Uh, I, I just wanted to be able to smoke a cigarette when I was 9 or 10. And uh, I was really wanting to experiment with pleasure in my life. And I told my dad, Dad, I, I want to be able to smoke. And he said, well, let's try out this experiment, shall we, of pleasure. But it has to be under these parameters. You have to smoke after Thanksgiving dinner. That's number one. And number two is uh, it can't be anything filtered. It has to be Marlboro unfiltered, the reds. And I said, okay. And uh, so it, we're eating Thanksgiving dinner. My brother's there, and he says, I'll pay you five bucks. You take that thing down in two drags. I said, no problem. Done. At this point, my, my dad says, you know, it's probably good that we do the smoking outside rather than inside. And uh, needless to say, you can kind of imagine what happened uh, with me trying to smoke, uh, that the experiment it ended along uh, kind of on the pavement, you just say that, uh, and uh, along with my Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, so that was my experiment with pleasure. Well, today we are going to see another experiment, an experiment of what does it consist of we're going to see of and the end results of this experiment. And just as my dad's experiment informs uh, hopefully my daughters uh, to not smoke without even having to try, our hope is that this morning as we read about the author of Ecclesiastes, his experimentation with pleasure, that we might not have to repeat the same mistakes that he has made in this experiment with pleasure. So let's look together this experiment of pleasure that is done by Koheleth in Ecclesiastes chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 1 all the way through verse 11. So why don't you look with me as we read the scripture. I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. But behold, this also was vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad. And of pleasure, what use is it? I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine. My heart still guiding me with wisdom. And how to lay hold on folly. Till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the few days of their life. I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forest of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I had also great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold um, and the treasures of kings and provinces. 
I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, the delight of the sons of man. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me, and whatever my eyes desired I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered all that my hands had done, and the toil that I expended in doing it. And behold, all was vanity, a striving after the wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. The word of the Lord. Well, if you're just joining us, uh, we're going through the book of Ecclesiastes, both at Emmaus Road and here at Living Stone. And we are going through this quest, this search of meaning, by this guy named Koheleth, which is interpreted the preacher. My hope this morning is uh, that we would be able to understand a little bit about this man's search for meaning and what he does. He uses poetry and he uses visual images. He uses experiments. And what happens is the editor that puts together all of Kohelis' experiments and poetry and all the things that he does and his adventures, he wants us to learn from them what is wisdom. So, the first experiment that Kohelis engages in is the experiment with pleasure. Look at me again in verse 1. I said in my heart, come now, and I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. See, this experiment of Koheleth is not just a partial experiment. It is with all of himself. The idea that he says, it's of my heart, meaning it's my will, all of me, my passions. I am coming to this experiment to find what is meaning, where is their value, And what he uses to find value and meaning in life, he uses this test. And what is this test? A test of pleasure. The word pleasure, you know, you might think in a very hedonistic sense of seeking after things that are candy or whatever we mentioned a little bit earlier. But really it's the idea of delight or joy. It's kind of the philosophy of our age. What am I going to do to be happy? How am I going to be a a happy person? And this is the experiment he is going with. How am I going to fill myself? Well, we learn quickly the result. Probably just when I mentioned that I was nine years old and I was smoking a cigarette, you could imagine what was the result. In the same way, when you hear this test of pleasure, you can imagine what the result will be. And he tells us right away, doesn't he? But behold, this also was vanity. Again, I said last week, this word vanity, we're going to come to over and over again as we read this book. It's used 30 plus times. In the Hebrew, it's the word hevel, which literally is translated vapor or smoke. The NIV translates it meaningless. The ESV, vanity. I think probably the best interpretation of the word hevel 
is probably the word enigma. Life is an enigma. The search for meaning is an enigma. It's a mystery. Like smoke, like vapor, I can see it, but when I try to grab for meaning, when I just want to grab these things, it just goes through my fingers. That is what Koheleth is finding. This search for meaning in things is just going through his fingers. He cannot find it. He cannot find purpose. The search is hevel. It is smoke. It is a vapor. Well, what is this book doing? It sounds very depressing. Death, meaninglessness, vanity. What is going on? Is there hope here? Well, as Josh said, we need to sit in it. The truth is to see the foundation of life, we need to deconstruct some of the false structures we have built. I'm going to say it again. To find the foundations of life where there is meaning, we have to deconstruct some of our false structures that we have built. Well, first of all, we have to realize that Koheleth begins his journey with the wrong start. He begins his experiment with measuring tools that are not right. It would be like being in chemistry class, and instead of using water, you use alcohol for an experiment. (laughs) It'd be like baking cookies, and instead of using a third of a cup, you actually use one cup and one third. You can see, when you start with the wrong measuring device, you are going to not be able to find what true meaning is. And you see what Koheleth starts with in his measuring devices. It's very clear in chapter 2. It's just one letter. And he uses it over and over again. It's it's not just one letter in Hebrew, but one letter in English. And it's a pronoun what? I. 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 That's where he starts his search for meaning. Using it starting with myself. I am searching. I am finding. I am doing. He is doing the searching. It really speaks to the 21st century mind, or probably the Enlightenment mind, really, that the search for meaning starts with ourself. The search for meaning says, how can I find purpose? And I find it by my subjective reaction, how I respond to things. Purpose doesn't come from revelation outside to me. No, purpose comes from what I desire and finding it out. That is the 21st century ideal of the search for meaning. Next, the experiment starts on the wrong plane with this word wisdom. I find it very funny that he even says some of his experiments are very foolish. The drinking of wine, the the laughter, these are foolish endeavors. But then he also says, well, I did these things being guided by wisdom. How can both foolishness and wisdom be together in this passage? Well, I think he's being very ironic when he uses the word wisdom in chapter 2. 
I kind of call Ecclesiastes kind of uh, the reverse of Proverbs. Uh, kind of uh, the uh, uh, bizarro Proverbs, if you will. What does Proverbs start with? It says, what is the beginning of wisdom? What is it? Fear of the Lord. Here in Ecclesiastes, we have no idea of what real wisdom is. Hebrew wisdom. There's no idea that wisdom is the fear of the Lord, that wisdom starts with God. No, the wisdom that Koheleth is talking about is a wisdom that is guided by his own thinking, by his own experience, by his own journey, by his own way of going. Not until the end of the book do we see what true wisdom is. The fear of the Lord. Josh mentioned this, and I'm going to say it again through his illustration with the kids. What if I had my daughters say, the real search for meaning through pleasure is by our own experiment? And let my daughters just run with it. I'm sure a refrigerator would not be stocked with vegetables <laughs> and fruit. It'd be stocked with our family's chocolate sauce, you know, from the top to the bottom. And the freezer wouldn't be full of frozen vegetables or whatever healthy would be in there. No, it would be ice cream galore in the freezer. That's what would be their idea of what finding value in life would be. And then, one day, they would say, ice cream, ice cream, chocolate sauce, chocolate sauce, vanity, vanity. Meaningless, meaningless, right? Why? Because they ate so much, and they realized they did not find purpose in their life. At that point, it might be too late. Stomach aches, sugar comas, hopefully they didn't develop diabetes in their experimentation, but the idea is this, if the starting point for wisdom is based on what they want, rather than on what their parents are saying is wise, you can see how the experiment would go off the rails. They wouldn't know that you need a balanced diet, that to truly enjoy the pleasures of ice cream and chocolate sauce, you can't have it for every meal. See... I wonder, what is the starting point for your quest of meaning? What is your starting point to find meaning in life? Is it I, I, I? My wisdom? My search? Maybe some of you will readily admit out here, that your search for meaning does not start with God. If that is who you are here this evening, this afternoon, I'm really glad you're going through this book of Ecclesiastes. Because this book of Ecclesiastes will go through your worldview. That all there is to life is what is under the sun. That there is no supernatural. All there is is what you experience. And what Koheleth is going to do is he's going to say, I'm going to go through that under the sun experiment. 
that there is no transcendence, that there is no God. I'm going to run through it to all its ends and go through all the things of life, and I'm going to show you what the end result of that thinking is. So I encourage you, if that's what your starting point is, that there is no supernatural, there is no God, that this is a great book, because it's going to go through that experimentation with you. That all there is the material world. All there is is what's before you. But I suspect that most of you here claim that you know God and you say you start with God in finding meaning in life. But I want to challenge you this afternoon too. My challenge for you is this. If you truly believe you start this search for meaning with God, what happens when the things that you want in life don't turn out? When you thought life was going to look like A or B or C, what I wanted and what I could get. And then what happens? That when you do not get those things, what is your thoughts about God? <laughs> you question Him. You say, God... Why did you give me these things? My challenge for you, Christian, is this. If you question God by how your life has turned out, I wonder if your starting point for finding purpose and meaning in life is not God, but is yourself. So let's see, shall we? Are you an experimental hedonist? Do you find meaning in your pleasure? Let's see what Kohelis says and see if you follow him in his journey for pleasure. Where does he start? He says this, I said of laughter, it is mad. So he starts with laughter. That's where he finds meaning. That's where he goes to this pleasure experiment. Laughter will fill me with meaning in life. And he says it's mad. It's probably not mean meaning it's senile or anything like that. He's probably meaning that laughter is folly. I wonder how far laughter goes in your problems of life. I don't think Kohelet is debating the merits of laughing at things that are hard. What he's debating is whether laughter through all of life can give you meaning. You know, you can laugh at problems for so long, but at some point it's going to hit you. Anybody know Wayne Brady? You might ever, whose line is anyway? You know what I'm talking about? Wayne Brady, some people, okay. Wayne Brady's a comedian. And uh, if you've ever learned about comedians in their lives, they're very depressing people. Um, and uh, they usually deal with many demons. Well, Wayne Brady uh, went through one of these existential crises two years ago. And this is what he said about it. There I was by myself in my bedroom. And I'm having a complete breakdown. Just go ahead and imagine for yourself a brother in his underwear in his room got snot coming out of his mouth and his nose, just crying. And that it was his birthday, nonetheless. That was the beginning of me saying, okay, I've got to make a change. 
That's a comedian. That's a person that's a professional in laughter, saying, no, laughter is not the meaning of life. I think some people come to church thinking it's going to be a pick-me-up. That maybe, pastor man, tell me a joke. Maybe I'm going to leave thinking, man, that pastor is funny. I hope that people don't leave my church at Mayus Road saying, man, he's funny. I would not be doing my job. See, many of us say, why do you take life so seriously? And they just laugh off everything. Maybe you're the person that quotes movie lines verbatim all the time to get through social situations. And you do that to avoid the hard questions in life. A Greek philosopher said this. There is an argument about whether the person who makes people laugh or the one who makes them weep is of most use in the world. And he says this. He that makes his friends laugh seems to me to do them much less service than the one who makes them weep. You know, there are comedians out there that would rather have someone make them weep than make them laugh. That would actually go deeper in their life than just a punchline. Well, he goes on, doesn't he? I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine. His next experiment in pleasure is alcohol will give me meaning. I probably don't need to say much about alcohol in the Wisconsin context, do I? <laughs> you know, what are all the stats, right? You know, seven of the ten drunkest cities in America are in Wisconsin. Oshkosh or in Appleton are like two and three. Is Oshkosh one, something like that? So it's just... It, yeah, it's, it's sad. Yeah. And I can't tell you the amount of AA groups in the Fox Cities. It's crazy. And really the experiment for many of us, maybe you personally, starts young. You want to loosen up, talk at parties, fit in, find meaning around those that are around you. The sadness is that many times the experiment doesn't end at high school, or college, or your 20s. For some, the drinking continues in their 30s, in their 40s, in their 50s. Many of us might drink to relax and to make sense of the pressures of life. Hear me, I am not against alcohol, okay? I drink occasionally. What he is saying is alcohol is not where you can find meaning. I challenge you, if you are drinking and you're saying, you know, when I drink, life makes sense. I think there's a problem. I encourage you to talk to someone. Talk to Josh. Talk to someone here. You cannot find meaning in alcohol. Well, he goes on, doesn't he? 
He says in verse 4, I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forest of growing trees. I bought male and female. I'll wait till that one, just to verse 6. So next he's creating. He's creating something for himself. You say, oh, you know, I've conquered these forms of debauchery. You know, these petty things, laughter and drink. No, I I have gone further. Now I've created things for meaning. The simple life. My house. My cabin. My garden. My creation. (laughs) I think Koheleth is right in saying there is truly nothing new under the sun. Right? Koheleth watched this old house. Koheleth had HGTV. Koheleth read Better Homes and Gardens. He was project obsessed. He had a great garden. His fireplace just had all the right knickknacks on it. He tweaked his house here or there. He made it perfect. You know, some of us say, well, I've conquered the debauchery part, I'm good to go. Well, here he lists part of the experiment of pleasure isn't just those things. It's also the American dream. (laughs) Property, 40 acres, and a mule. He's saying it's even that. And some of you might be taken aback by this. You say, oh, it's okay to call alcohol vanity, but don't call my perfect manicured garden vanity. I created that. I made that. My vegetables that are growing, my flowers that are being created, that is, that is, that is my creation. Don't call that vanity. That's why I'm here to tell you this afternoon that the one thing immune from death is your garden, right? And your house, and all your knickknacks, and your perfect organization. That's the one thing you can take with you to heaven. No! Of course not! You can't take that either. I love what Zach Eswine says. And I think he's so right on. Here what's happening is... Koheleth is recreating Eden. He's making his own Eden. He says, Adam and Eve, and in their gardening, they were just one more tree away from really being happy. Right? See, Adam and Eve and Koheleth and us, we are trying to recreate Eden. We are playing God. Well, I'm here to say no matter how many stars you put outside your house, no matter how many throw pillows you put in different rooms, no matter how many flowers you grow or sweet home, sweet home pictures you put up, it will not make the new heavens and new earth. He goes on. 
I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I had also great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, to the light of the sons of man. Here is truly Solomon, the excesses of wealth, servants to do his bidding, nice artwork to display around the house, gold to wear on his fingers or just to have in his treasury, people to come play music at his daughter's birthday party. Well, he's priced us out, right? This is in the Fox Valley. Right? We, we don't have that kind of life. So it can't be speaking to us. But I wonder how much we would like to be that. How much we strive to be in that place that we could tell someone else to do the work that we want, don't want to do. That we could have these nice things You don't think you're that way? Well, it's sad that we follow these people on TV, right? In magazines, and we just have these stars and celebrities we we lift up in life. And we say, I would love to be like them. I could have my own personal assistant. I could have my house on cribs. I could live the lax life. I could have any woman I wanted. Oh, to be like Aaron Rodgers. To have a row house in Manhattan and then my winter home in L.A. Oh, just that I would have money to travel the world to experience. I wouldn't get all this stuff in my life. I would just experience life and travel. That's what I want, just experiences. Then I would find meaning then I would find purpose. There's a great article about Aaron Rodgers. He's very honest. He was on the bus after he won the Super Bowl, and they were passing the Lombardi Trophy around. And as he take the Lombardi Trophy, and he passed it over to someone else, he said this in his mind, I hope I don't just do this. I hope I just don't do this. Even at the pinnacle of his career, he realized there was not full meaning here. There wasn't a rival at this place. If any, there's a time to show us that wealth does not answer the existential questions of life. I hope it's this week. Maybe you don't follow the news, I don't know if you do or not. But here is Kate Spade, a multimillionaire, a house in Manhattan, a house in L.A., a house in Colorado, people that serve her hand and foot. She takes her own life this week. Anthony Bourdain, he travels the world, the, the true bohemian man, the true rebel. 
that gets his own show and eats wherever he wants to and travels wherever he wants to go, also took his life this week. I wonder how long it's going to take us in the United States to realize the experiment of pleasure is not going to answer the meaning of life. How long is it going to take? Did you see this week what the CDC put out? The Center of Disease Control, did you see? Do you know that suicides have increased over 30% the past 20 years? That in every state except one in the United States, the percentage of suicides has increased. That in 2016, 46,000 people took their own lives. That's double the amount of homicides in the United States. It's actually the second leading cause of death of people age 18 to 34. How does that happen in the most affluent time, in the most affluent culture in all of history, that there would be that many suicides happening? How does that happen? It happens because pleasure does not answer the meaning of life. Wealth does not answer the meaning of life. Video games, alcohol, all these things will not answer the existential questions that people have. And that's why Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, they in their heart of hearts realize where is their meaning? Where is their purpose? And you see the result of the experiment, don't you? Verses 9 through 12. There's nothing he had not experienced. He has taken everything in in the world. He has taken it in all himself. He's experienced it all. And then he tells us, and I love this word, he bookends it at the beginning of the passage and at the end of the passage. He says, behold. What a great word. Behold. In Hebrew, it's pana, which means face. You can imagine Koheleth, the editor, taking both hands and putting it on your cheeks and going like this and looking at you face to face. And he says, behold, this experiment, this work with pleasure, it's vanity. It's vanity. I've done it all. I've seen it all. And it is nothing. It is like wind. See, the message of Ecclesiastes is not to depress us. It's to show us the experiments that we run in this life are bankrupt. And they fail to bring meaning. So that we might see what is not under the sun, but we would see what is above the sun. Okay, if you're going to hear anything I say, if you've checked out for all of this, now is your time to, to re-engage, okay? So please re-engage here, okay? This is incredibly frustrating. Do you know why I find Koheleth incredibly frustrating? 
Because I don't want anyone else to tell me his experiments that I didn't do myself to tell me I need to live the way he says I should live. Dad, don't tell me that cigarettes are bad. I want to try it out myself. I remember in seminary, it was, this is what I hated in seminary. All these big pastor names would come in and speak to all the seminarians. They had large churches, and they had written books, and they had money. And they all tell us the same thing. All of that is nothing. Church numbers don't matter a thing. Money doesn't matter. Books writing, that doesn't matter. I found out all that matters is Christ. I say, how dare you say that? You've arrived. Let me find out myself. I think Christ's disciples had the same frustration. You know, there was another guy that did the experiments like Kohelet. Do you know that? He was what they called the young rich ruler. He came to Jesus and the disciples saw this guy that had experienced so much. He had money and he was good. He had experienced all the things of life. What a great guy. And he too, like Kohelet, was asking existential questions. How do I have eternal life? You remember what Jesus said? Give it all away and follow me. And he didn't do it. And the disciples, they were incredibly frustrated. Jesus, this is the kind of person we want. Who has experienced so much in life and so much pleasure. We want to be like this guy. We want to live his kind of life. If he can't be in, then what's the point of this whole experimentation? What's the point of all of this? They were incredibly frustrated too. Here's the point. Please listen to this. Many of us follow the experiments of Koheleth and the rich young ruler. Because we think those experiments will pay out. Don't you realize that all that experimentation through all of history, through all people, has not paid out one bit? They've all failed. Except one. There was one One experiment that worked. One man that lived a perfect life. One man that gave his life. One man that defeated death and no one else has. Do you know what's incredibly sad? The experiment that paid out and worked, we don't follow. Instead, all of us follow the ones that failed. Which one will you follow? Which experiment will you follow? Is the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of meaning, the fear of the Lord, in knowing that He has succeeded where you have not? Or is your beginning of wisdom what you can do and where you can find meaning?
vanity, vanity. Meaningless, meaningless. Enigma, enigma. It is all a vapor. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you live this life the way it was supposed to be lived through your Son. It is an experiment that paid out, and it pays out for us. Lord, help us to follow you. Help us to see the right way to go. In your Son's name we pray. Amen.